politicians are the virus. Yeah, man, maybe I am dumb. You think you're free? You think you're free just because you can't see the cage they keep you in? Fauci jerked off a pangolin, and now we all have COVID. It's us against them, guys. Get out there and spread that love and liberty. Let's go. Today we're going to be talking about the hypocrisy of our leaders and their COVID policies. We're going to talk some about government-enforced censorship of private companies and the extreme dangers this presents to parenting. We're going to talk about the nonsense of calling everything racist, the N-word, Joe Rogan, and we've got some hilarious and infuriating clips for you. I just got back from three hours at the skate park with about a dozen eight to 12-year-olds, and it was fantastic and a little bit worn out. Let's get into it. Well, you got to hand it to California. It's a crap factory churning out the worst politicians in the country. Congratulations. The most rancid meat wad is, of course, the Golden State Governor Gavin Newsom. And that is saying something when you elbow Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff off the podium. This weekend, he was shown maskless at the NFC Championship at SoFi Stadium and made a series of stupid excuses. He, San Francisco Mayor London Breed, useless L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti, and Magic Johnson were seen partying like it's 2019. Gab said he was just, he took his mask down for a few moments. Oh, like all the moments in the game? Newsom has been laughably inconsistent and constantly violates his own state's mask policy by apparently providing invisible snacks from French Laundry to nibble on with his elitist buddies. Try the truffles, they're great, yeah. Uh, he should be more careful as not to spread COVID to our beloved Magic Johnson because of the, you know. Uh, it's time to finally end the mask mandate and let people decide for themselves if they require face coverings. Obviously, the governor and the mayors of the two biggest cities in California no longer fear the virus, if they ever did, while shamefully forcing children to continue covering their faces, prolonging unnecessary learning deficits. We've all seen pictures of these yahoos maskless at various events, making dumb excuses and shaming the tortured masses. How dare you into compliance with rules they flout rules for thee but not for me i'm a hundred percent over the hypocrisy of these tyrants who don't even believe in the rules they're forcing on our children i i know you're probably tired of my mask shtick uh so i'm gonna keep it short but it's just infuriating that my kids still after two years have to wear masks in school and when outside playing basketball but this nonsense is going on with our leaders. At a football game with 60,000 people, no masks. They clearly do not believe in their own rules. Being a dad is a huge responsibility. This is why it's so infuriating. It's a huge responsibility to be a dad. Maybe the biggest a man will ever have. You have tiny little humans who for the first few years, they can't feed themselves. They can't bathe themselves. They literally die without you. They absolutely need you and their mother. You know, in, in modern society nowadays, we love to downplay the importance of the father and make it secondary to the role of the mother. And yes, it's true that the mother does more nurturing. I know that's true in my family. You know, they do more of the nurturing, more of the caretaking. A mother is vitally important, but a father is also important. And good fathers recognize their massive responsibility and they make the big sacrifices to meet the demands of the moment. So as a dad, when you give up things that you love in order to be a good dad, in order to protect and raise your children and help them grow into good people, when you do that, when you sacrifice for them, well, then the, the universe, it turns around and it rewards you by giving you the love of a child. And honestly, there's, there's nothing in the world that compares to that. It's amazing. The way a child loves it's just different. You know, it's, it's pure. They love you and trust you completely. And it's amazing. But it's not permanent. Trust can be broken if you fail your children. And you know that. You understand that if you fail these kids, they will stop trusting you. If I lie to these kids, they will stop trusting me. It's not permanent. It's not a given. So you do all you can to protect them and be the man that they see you as. You want to be the man your child sees you as when he's four years old before he learns anything about the world. 
That's your goal as a dad, to be the man your child sees you as. So when you see something harming your child, you know it's your duty to step up and do the right thing by them. And these masks are harming them. And they're being lied to about these masks. They're not necessary. And they give them minimal protection at best. So I've heard parents say, oh, it's, it's no big deal. You're always making a deal about the mask. It's really not a big deal. And we've discussed in past episodes why it is a big deal. And I'm not going to go through all that again. But it's a big deal. Children are being harmed. And it hurts me deeply when I see my children being harmed. So when I see the man responsible for harming them, not following the very rules that he's forcing upon them, it makes me very angry. It makes me angry, man. You hurt my children and there's a price to pay for that. And don't bring me this nonsense about, well, he, he's trying to protect them. Because if that were the case, if he thought masks were saving their lives, if he thought masks were protecting them, he'd be wearing a mask too to save his own life. But he's been busted far too many times. These autocrats, these dictators like Lord Dickless of Sacramento, they're not trying to protect our children. They're just not. They're trying to make them obedient. So I'm going to move on. And I don't want to start this show off on a negative vibe. There's lots of good stuff coming out. There's lots of good stuff happening in the world. The truckers in Canada, amazing. And out of Japan now, we got a new study showing that works against COVID. And apparently now I have to mumble that word for now on because I've been, as you know, permanently banned on Facebook. I got two strikes on Twitter, two strikes on YouTube, not for controversial stuff, not for being lewd and crude, not for nudity, but for interviewing doctors who said that word. So we're not going to say that word anymore because if I don't have a platform to get messages out, well, guess what? There's no message. You know, I didn't know that the I word is basically the N word of medicine, but now I know. So this study is at least the 80th study I've read, yet somehow government refuses to acknowledge that it's helpful, refuses to study it. They refuse to even consider the possibility of conducting a study. They will spend hundreds of millions of dollars doing gender testing studies on frogs, but they won't throw a nickel at a medicine that may be helpful to the greatest threat we've ever seen to human life. I mean, we're talking about a drug, which is made very cheaply, that's owned by the public, so the pharmaceutical companies can't gouge you for it. It has almost no side effects, especially when compared to other protective messages. Now I'm, I'm censoring myself and doing my best not to say anything about the old, because that'll also get us censored. But we have all these positive things about this, yet they won't study it. Given all this new information that's out, what I want to know is YouTube. Are you going to put my video back up with Dr. Pierre Corey? Because it had 30,000 views in three days and people were interested. And you took it down and gave me a strike because misinformation about this drug, which we now have conclusive evidence from other countries and studies that it wasn't actually misinformation. You guys were pushing the misinformation. Facebook, are you going to give me my page back? We had 70,000 followers and you took the page down because I posted an interview with a qualified doctor. I guess an interview with a doctor who treats COVID is COVID misinformation, according to a bunch of 20-year-old virgin non-binary computer nerds at Twitter and Facebook. So this week, to promote the podcast, since I can't do it anywhere on social media, I had to go out on my front porch and yell into a megaphone. Dead Presents has been banned from social media. Please watch the Dead Presents podcast on Spotify and Rumble. Ah! Tell your sister. Great success. You 
gonna love the show! <laughs> I'm excited! That was really... I'm not sure, I'm still not sure this is real, but thank... I thought that video was funny. Uh, the wife didn't think so. Please go to rumble.com slash a dad presents and please follow. I'm fighting hard to rebuild an audience amongst all of these bands and it doesn't cost you a nickel to click follow. So do that for a guy. When you suspend me for COVID misinformation, what you really mean is we're suspending you for not obeying we don't like your doctors because your doctors don't help sell vaccines. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. That's still the greatest fight the power song ever made even though Rage Against the Machine and Zach De La Roach are now actually doing what they're being told. They're out there pushing propaganda just like everybody. But hey, the dad presents a fan of their music. I got their message loud and clear 30 years ago, and I will not be controlled. So fuck you. I won't do what you tell me. It's just sad to me how many artists have lost their spines recently, and now cheerlead censorship and don't give me this weak ass liberal argument that it's not censorship government is now directly involved straight up telling companies to do more about it joe biden has straight up called for censorship of social media disinformation whatever that means i make a special appeal to social media companies and media outlets please deal with the misinformation and disinformation that's on your shows it has to stop. And now just this week, the White House, the White House has come out about Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, a comedian, a UFC commentator, a podcaster. Now the White House feels it's necessary to get involved in this and come and speak out. Jen Psaki this week said Spotify needed to do more. And guess what? Spotify is now doing more to limit Joe Rogan. First, they put a warning label on Joe's podcast. Since then, they've removed about 100 podcasts. Were all these podcasts filled with government unapproved doctors talking about COVID? No, not at all. He had two doctors talking about that stuff. These interviews, the other 98, were conservatives and edgy comedians and some libertarians. Those podcasts disappeared, removed. I guess now libertarians are considered dangerous misinformation about freedom and liberty. Do you see the irony? Do you get the irony there? Libertarians are promoting liberty and freedom. Like this show, we're promoting liberty and freedom, body autonomy, free speech. And government is labeling those messages as dangerous misinformation and taking away their freedom of expression. It couldn't be more ironic. Censorship is a clear and present danger. They finally got Rogan. India RE putting up a compilation video of all the times Rogan said the N-word. He said the N-word. Nugget. When he was talking about people saying nugget. He said the N-word. And I remember those episodes I used to listen. He wasn't calling people the word. He wasn't calling people nuggets. No. He was repeating people saying the word. He was quoting people and talking about it being wrong. But India Ari was massively offended and put this video out. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. I love R&B and hip hop. I've been a long time fan. And it seems to me that about 50% of those songs have the N-word in them. Why isn't India Ari mad at her contemporaries for putting the N-word in the songs? It's very confusing. Well, because Matt, those artists are black, so they can say it. Oh, okay. My bad. My bad. I didn't know it was a magical word that some people could say and other people didn't have permission to say, regardless of context. Didn't know. So if you happen to have enough color in your skin, you can say it. Got it. 
Okay. So exactly what is the defining amount? How much color do you need to have in your skin to be able to say it? Because one of my favorite rappers, a guy named Logic, well, he's whiter than me. And that dude says the word all the time. It's in every song. I mean, look here. Look at, I got Rogan and Logic side by side in a picture that I just put up. Look at, take a look. Which one of those guys is darker and should be permitted to say the naughty magic no-no word? One of those guys can rap lyrics like, wait a minute, ain't them nuggets on the list? Nugget what? Nugget, nugget what? Them nuggets tell the truth. And it goes on. But the other guy can't quote another man saying the no-no nugget word when telling you that you shouldn't use the no-no nugget word. Doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, but, but Matt, it's not about skin color. It's about their ancestry. Logic has a black grandparent. That's why. Oh, okay, I get it. My bad, my bad. Because he has a family member who's black. He has some black African DNA. It's okay for him to say it. But wait a minute. I remember Joe Rogan saying he did 23andMe and he's got 5% African DNA according to that. So exactly how much African DNA do you need to have to be allowed to say the magic no-no word nugget out loud? And did logic pass that test? Because if you understand science, people of science, even with one black grandparent doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have more than 5% African DNA. So do we know? What is the limit? Is it 10%? Is it 9%? What's the qualifying line? Well, Matt, the amount of black DNA doesn't matter. Logic's lived the black experience. Oh, he did. Logic, from what I remember learning about him, grew up raised by his single white mom in a white neighborhood. And he looks white. So how exactly does he understand the black experience? I just want clarification. I want to understand. I want to know the rules so I know who can say it and who can't say it under what kind of context. Matt, why do you have to be like this? Just don't say it. Well, I don't say it. I never say nugget. But I just want to know because my skin color is lighter than most rappers and my DNA is not from Africa, but can I purchase music with the word nugget in it and if i purchase it can i sing along and if i sing along do i have to self-censor and not sing the nugget word or is it okay to sing that word as long as i'm alone or can i replace the word the n-word and say nugget even though you know i'm thinking the other word in my head is it the sound of the actual word that is dangerous and offensive? Or is it the meaning behind the word and the attention of the person saying it? Oh, Matt, you're just being purposefully difficult. Okay, got it. You don't know. So you're saying you don't know. You don't know the rules. You're coming down on this guy, but you don't actually know the rules for who can and who cannot say it. Well, maybe there's no such thing as a bad, naughty, no-no word. Maybe words can't be bad. Maybe the intention of what you're saying matters more than the sound you make with your face. Like I can say, oh, I love that bitch. She's my whole life. I love that bitch. She's my life. I can say that about my wife. I used a naughty, naughty, naughty word, but I said a thing she would love to hear. I said a thing I do say, and she loves it. Or I can say, I'm going to kill that woman. No naughty words right there. But if I said that about my wife, she should probably divorce me and call the police. So it seems to me the intention behind what you're saying seems to matter more than the actual sound of the word that you're making with your face. But that's not what we have here. That's not how people play here. If you say the word, regardless of context, you're in trouble if you're the wrong kind of person. But what are the qualifications? Who's allowed to say it? Well, if you're black enough, you can say it. We don't know how black you got to be. But if you're black enough, you can say it regardless of your intention. If you are not black enough, you're not allowed to say it 
no matter what. But sometimes Asian kids and Hispanic kids get to say this word with their black friends. They get a pass. And then in some other cases, even still, some white kids get to say it. They get a pass. So the rules are really squirrely and undefined. And then we have this. There's so many times I might get thrown. And here's a place where I like to roam. And all the girls that I like to bone have the big butt. No, they don't because I don't like that nigga shit. I'm just here to make a bigger hit. That's Eminem. Bro, super white. So when you really dive into it, it seems the rules have nothing to do with skin color at all or DNA. Eminem has, he's, he's freaking opaque. And he has no African DNA. It seems that the rule is if you vote for Democrats and hate Trump enough and talk a lot about vaccines in a positive light, mind you, then you might get away with saying it. In other words, I can't say it for sure. But if I'm Eminem and I hate Trump or at least pretend like I hate him, I can say it. That comedy I did... You're right. It, it was like, oh, it's okay because you know I don't mean it. But then it also is kind of like, we're liberal, so we can say anything. So we can say, you know, the words that are unsayable or whatever. Like, you know I don't mean it, so I can say it. Now that right there was Sarah Silverman, noted hilarious woman, or at least she used to be hilarious. And she just confirmed what I said. You're allowed to say it if you have the right politics. She's a social justice warrior. Who has worn blackface? I've never worn blackface. I wouldn't dare. But she's she's worn blackface and not been canceled for it. Just like Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon, as you can see on the screen now. Now, Sarah says, I can get away with it because people know I don't mean it. I'm joking. <gasps> what? You're joking? Oh, that was a joke? Oh, you didn't mean it. It was a joke. Well, thanks for explaining what a joke is, because I didn't know. I didn't know. But it's not the rule. It's not okay if you're joking, because you can only get away with racial jokes if you vote for Democrats, or if you are a Democrat. We already have a nigger mayor. We don't need any more nigger big shots. We already have a nigger mayor. We don't need any more nigger big shots. My goodness, that clip is hard to listen to. That was hard to listen to, honestly. That bigot who said those words needs to be dealt with. And I hope that Joe Biden shows some consistency and gets on TV Monday now that that clip has come out and calls for that man to be censored for his hate speech. I mean, that was a white man for sure saying a naughty, naughty, no, no nugget word. And I mean, I'm against censorship. I'm 100% against censorship. But wow, man, that might have been over the line. Wait, what? What? Oh, that was Joe Biden? Oh, man. That doesn't even make any sense. Joe Biden wouldn't talk like that. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black, and you ain't black, and you ain't black. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Moving on, some breaking news. Turns out Donald Trump wanted to kill Americans. That's why he would not enforce Nationwide lockdowns. We cannot let the cure be worse than the problem itself. We're not going to let the cure be worse than the problem. Our country is not supposed to be, you know, it's not, it's not built to shut down. Our people are full of vim and vigor and energy. They don't want to be locked into a, a house or an apartment or some space. They, it's not for our country. You know, you can destroy a country this way by closing it down. I mean, when you hear that clip, all you can think is, oh my goodness, what a hateful asshole. That man's responsible for nearly a million COVID deaths, even the majority of them, which happened since Joe Biden's been president. Donald Trump actually said he wanted to end the lockdowns and get people back to living. But that's a cover up because you and I, we, we know the truth. He wanted to end the lockdowns because he wanted white supremacists running out there in the wild, spreading disease to black and brown people to kill them off. He just saw that as like a clever and easy way to create the ethno state we all know he wanted. 
You've got 85% of people who don't think it's a good idea to open schools. Donald Trump said yesterday governors should look at that. 91% of the public doesn't think sporting events are a good idea. Donald Trump has publicly, I think he was in the Rose Garden when he talked about how uh, people play sports. That's what they do. Um, you've got the president talking about people eating in restaurants. I think 65% of Americans don't think that's a good idea. They're happy to order takeout or cook in. I mean, Wow, 90, 91%? of Americans didn't want the lockdowns to end. Wow. That's interesting. That's news to me. I mean, did they only interview CNN watchers? Because at least half the people I know wanted them to end pretty quickly. And we already know that CNN viewers are the most misinformed people on the planet about the pandemic. We had a a Gallup poll from summer that showed Democrats thought if you got COVID, there was a 50% chance you'd die. 50-50 if you got COVID. Well, my whole family got it, including all my siblings. So that's like 20 people. And how many deaths were in my family? Um, Zero. Zero out of 20. That's 0%. Turns out the reality is that under 1% of people who get it will die, which most of us who don't watch CNN knew. But it wasn't just Donald Trump who wanted to open up March 18th, 2020, The Dad Presents on Facebook. Uncomfortable question I hope our government is considering. Shutting down everything for a few weeks will lead to severe hardship and collateral deaths for some people. Do they think the human cost will be less from that than the human cost from the disease itself? What would happen if they don't shut down? Have they considered that? I don't know. I don't have the answers. I'm just wondering. No wonder they banned us on Facebook. I'm surprised they let us last as long as they did. How dare I ask a question like that? It was it was only day one of the lockdown and already I had the nerve to question it? Oh, wait, my bad, my bad. That, that first post was actually two days before the lockdown even started. They hadn't even locked us down yet and I was already questioning if they were making mistakes. I mean, you talk about a dangerous distrust of government. It's a good thing they banned this channel, Right. Here's another one. May 1st, 2020. The dad presents on Facebook. This is going to be the last thing I say about this. There's no good choices here. Just less bad ones. Many people like myself think these lockdowns need to end. It's been a month. We don't think the lockdown should end because we think this disease is just a flu. We don't think the lockdown should end because we don't care about people dying. We don't think the lockdown should end because we are so selfish that we just can't stand not to be on the beach. So let me make this very simple to understand. We want the lockdown to end because we think, and the science is already showing us, that locking down society is going to do little to prevent the spread of the disease. It may put our country into a depression, and it's definitely going to cause widespread poverty. Extreme poverty will likely kill more people than however many people are being saved by these extreme measures. Wow, I had a lot of fucking nerve to say that a month after the lockdowns. The government was just trying to save us. And here I am, rabble rousing. But then, guess what? A study just came out this past week from John... Hopkins University, showing that the lockdowns did basically nothing to slow the spread of the disease. At most, they saved about 1,800 lives, while conversely, they killed a quarter million people in America. Quarter million people died in America because of the lockdowns, according to John Hopkins University. And that's just to date. We're going to have repercussions from these lockdowns for decades. Opponents of mandates are expressing vindication after one of the most trusted sources of data on COVID-19, Johns Hopkins University, published a study concluding that lockdown policies are ill-founded and should be rejected as a pandemic policy instrument. I think it's very appropriate that we take a look back and admit our mistakes. Uh, if, if, if we were wrong, we need to know for the next pandemic. In the Johns Hopkins report, three leading economists analyzed data from 24 studies and determined travel bans and mandatory school and business closures early in the pandemic reduced COVID deaths by only 0.2 percent. 
And I think it's important that we try and remove all the politics and really talk about what the data shows, what science shows, and, and support free inquiry and, and people asking important questions about how to get pandemic policy correct, because this isn't the last pandemic we're going to face. The study was not mentioned in today's White House COVID briefing. Of course, this story, the biggest story in the world, it was all over the world this week, wasn't even mentioned by the White House. When they were asked about it, they just didn't comment because it doesn't fit their misinformation narrative. John Hopkins University is clearly the new white face of white supremacy and needs to be banned. So Joe Biden, please be presidential and nuke the shit out of John Hopkins University. Johns Hopkins is claiming the data and the statistics show that overall, the lockdown saved 1,800 lives but killed a quarter million. But you see, when you lock down society and close up the beaches and parks and gyms, what actually happens is you don't stop the spread. You have people sitting at home getting fat and not getting any vitamin D. And as it turns out, obesity and low vitamin D levels are literally the two biggest risk factors for how severe your case will be when you get COVID, which eventually you will. And this is not new information. This is not new information. We didn't just learn this this week. John Hopkins is now putting it out there. But some of us knew this in May of 2020. And I just shared with you the receipts that prove it. And we didn't lock down. We didn't lock down. What we did was not a lockdown. What we did is we closed down all the fun stuff. And we closed down all the small businesses. But Target and Walmart stayed open. How's that? Well, because Target and Walmart have better lobbyists than Mama Bertha's Corner Store. So everyone was home eating Oreos and getting fat, and then they all go cram into Target at the same time because it's the only MFing store in town that's open. So people pack in there like a bunch of sardines, breathing all over each other, spreading COVID all over the place, and then they take it home to Grandma and kill Grandma. Your lockdowns killed Grandma. That's just the reality. Gavin Newsom, your lockdowns killed grandma. That's a fact. The only way a lockdown could and may have actually worked is if they told everyone to run out, stock up, get a month's worth of food, get a month's worth of medical supplies, and then go home and nobody leaves home for a month. Nobody. No groceries, no hospitals, no police. You get the disease, deal with it. In a month, Garbage truck will come through the streets and start collecting the bodies that are piled up on the streets. And in that month, the the disease might have starved itself out. But guess what? Even that probably would not have worked because you're not going to get 100% compliance on that. You're just not. So I guess what you would have needed is some kind of advanced tracking device on every human body. And you'd need snipers who were working alone. And if someone stepped more than 10 feet outside their home, an alarm would go off for a sniper who would drive there by himself and shoot the perpetrator in the face. And that's how we would stop the disease. That's literally the only way a lockdown would have done any good. And I actually wrote that in May of 2020. Is that a world you would want to live in? No. Now, Am I celebrating because John Hopkins has vindicated the dad presents and proven that lockdowns have done far more harm than good? Am I celebrating that? No, I'm not. I'm not celebrating it. It's nice to be vindicated, but I'm fucking furious about it. These lockdowns were the absolute worst crimes against humanity in America in my lifetime. We won't know the full amount of damage these lockdowns caused for a few generations. We might not ever completely recover from it. And that's just the truth. I mean, look at the damage. Look at the damage. People killed themselves. Kids' educations were stunted. Depression was at an all-time high. Drug and alcohol abuse and domestic abuse are at all-time highs. Murder's at an all-time high. Poverty's at an all-time high. Inflation is through the freaking roof. The dollar store is not even the dollar store anymore. It's like a buck oh seven. The entire American economy may crumble by the end of it because of the lockdowns. People died alone in cold institutional hospital rooms. Unable, not allowed, not permitted to get or give a goodbye hug from the people they loved. 
How heartbreaking. How utterly disgusting. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. And I'll never forgive these people. These were crimes against humanity and they must be punished. But hey, the tide is turning. We're starting to win. All the old narratives are dying. And now the most highly vaccinated country in the world, Israel, they're on shot number four. They're the most highly vaccinated country in the world by percentage. Well, they now also have one of the world's highest infection rates as well as death rates. There's zero justification any longer for mandating vaccines. Zero. And now that I've said that, one more episode we can't put on YouTube. So please, I hope you're going to rumble.com slash the dad presents. And these truckers, these heroes, they're fighting back. God bless them. Now this fight, it's not going to be an easy fight, but we're going to win. Now the truckers, go fund me, go fund me. There was a fundraiser on there for the truckers. That freaking communist website stole $10 million that was donated to the truckers and they're giving it to, to like Black Lives Matter and whatever they want, straight up stealing the money. They're not giving it back to the people who donated it. They're just taking it and they said they're going to do something else with it. That's theft and that should be prosecuted. And then you got Justin Eyewear Blackface Trudeau. You can see him on the screen right now. He's trying to smear these people as racist. Yes, this guy on your screen. Another Democrat who got away with blackface. He's calling the truckers racist. Excuse me? Really? I'm not even going to bother with my standard hypocrite rhetoric about this right now because it's just, it's beyond silly and embarrassing. It's embarrassing. If you're a Democrat right now, you got to be embarrassed at the way your leaders are acting. Don't these people have even one more trick up their sleeve than calling everything they don't like racist? There's a lot of dumb people out there. A lot of dumb people. And a lot of the time, people want to believe they're good people. And there's nothing worse you can be than a bigot. So the it's racist narrative worked on a lot of people for a long time. But these people throwing that narrative out there, the Justin Trudeau's and the Joe Biden, their goal is permanent power. Permanent, okay? Did they really think they were going to rule the world forever with one lie? One lie? Did you think that was going to work, Justin? Joe? Nancy? You really think the people are that dumb? One lie was going to allow you to rule forever? For five years, they've been fooling half the Americans to vote for them, selling themselves, selling themselves, their party solely as the not racist party. That's been their big pitch. We're not the racists. But like everything else in politics, especially from that side, that too has been a lie because they are the party of racists. And if you missed my interview with Brandon Tatum from last week, here's this clip. The segregation was promoted by the Democratic South. The, the Democrats promoted that. Somehow the Democrats, by uh, giving a few freebies like welfare, have convinced the population that they are pro-black. And it's really a clever trick. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's like the parent. You have the strict parent and you got a kid. I mean, the, the parent that's friends, you know what I mean? And so when the strict parent does something that's doing it for your good, it may not feel good. You may not like to hear it, but this parent is looking out for your best interest. Yep. This parent just want to give you what you want to, so you can be happy with yep. them and it will destroy <laughs> you. And this is what they've done in the black in many of many black communities around the country. They say, oh, we'll give you free handouts. Oh, no, I can't believe those white people did you like that in the past. We'll give you reparations. We'll give you affirmative action. We'll give you everything you need. Come be with us. And that's slowly but surely destroying the moral character and also the, the integrity and, 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 and I don't know, the, the sense of purpose that black people have. And that's why the Democrats have won. They have been the party of slavery, racism, Jim Crow. Um, even when the black people got the 13, when they passed the 13, 14, 15 amendment, the, the right to, you know, the free slaves to give them citizenship and the right to vote unanimously Republicans voted for that. Even the civil rights act, people don't know this, but the civil rights act, the longest filibuster, I believe in history by Robert Byrd, who, uh, Joe Biden did the eulogy of, he was a former Klan's member. He filibustered the civil rights act and the Democrats, um, by and large, they weren't voting 
for the civil rights. Mm -hmm. All of these people, uh, Strom, Thur uh, Strom Thurmond, who was a mentor yeah. to Joe Biden, was a complete racist. He was one of those racist uh, Democrat Dixiecrats. And they say the party switched. That was a the big yeah, the party switch. Who switched? Nobody switched. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody switched. Like, it's not like all the racists in one party said, oh, yeah. this party's not racist yeah. anymore. We're going over the other party. That's just yeah. a big myth. There was no switch. I would I would make a ten thousand dollar bet that 90, 95 percent of people that you ask. Well, what do you mean the party switch? They can't. Exp I would say ninety eight percent. They can't explain nothing about anything switching. They will literally say yeah. everybody switched to the Republican Party. There was Dixiecrats in the South, the racist Democrat Dixiecrats, and two of them became Republicans. It was one in the House, one in the Senate. Some people argue only one of them became a Republican. And then they used that to say they all switched. No, they didn't. All these racist Democrats died racist Democrat. Even today, they're not the party of the black man. All of no. the dangerous cities that black people live in that are desolate, education is messed up, all run by Democrats. Mm -hmm. what, are the, what are the odds? Now, that clip got a lot of attention last week, and I thought a lot about it. I wanted to reflect on it and think about it. And the conclusion I reached is there's nothing that he said that's not true. Democrats still today are the party of racists. They are still today in 2022 pushing for segregation. You got liberal universities segregating dormitories by skin color. That's happening. 2022 America, that's happening, and it's the Democrats pushing it. And now in high school, they're segregating people according to mask and vaccine status. So this is the masked entrance, and this is for us. This is for masked kids here, and this is for the unmasked. Okay. The majority of American cities have been run by nothing but Democrats for three decades. Yet, you want to tell me that's the fault of white supremacist conservatives? Or have progressive policies hurt these communities? Is it the progressive policies that are racist? Seems to me that's more likely the answer. Now, this audience is mostly parents. And you guys, parents, know all about disciplining, right? Disciplining bad behavior and rewarding good behavior works. It, it, it discourages bad behavior and it encourages the kind of behavior you want. The old carrot and the stick. Well, that doesn't just work on kids. It works on everyone. If you reward a bad behavior, you're going to get more of that behavior. If you punish a behavior, you'll get less of that behavior. If I take away my kids' electronic devices when they get bad grades, if I punish those bad grades, they'll work harder and get less bad grades. If I give my kid $20 every time they read a book, they go read more books. In the country of Hungary, they reward families who stay together and have children with giant tax breaks. So guess what? Hungarians take that reward and their families stay together longer and produce more children than other European families. Reward a behavior, get more of that behavior. Simple. It happens. But if you reward single parent homes by handing out welfare to them, well, you're going to get more single parent homes. And that's what we do. And that's what has happened. Those are just facts. We reward single parent homes with welfare. We now have more single parent homes. Single parent homes leads to children growing up without fathers. That leads to more young men getting into trouble and ending up in prison. These are statistical facts. These are not opinions. The highest correlated factor to whether or not a child goes to prison is whether or not he grew up with two parents. Fact. So now these communities, which have had unhealthy behaviors rewarded, have produced more of these unhealthy behaviors, and they're caught up in a downward cycle that has destroyed them. 30 years of progressive rule in our cities has destroyed the black nuclear family. In 1960, with all the real racism that America was still enduring, like real racism, 1960, before the Civil Rights Act, back then, 78% of black kids grew up in a two-parent home. Today, after 30, 40 years of progressive policies, that number is less than 40%. It's been cut in half. Growing up in a two-parent home is the number one 
best statistical indicator for income over a lifetime, happiness, how much education someone gets, and like I said, whether or not you go to prison. So these progressive policies have destroyed the black nuclear family, and the fallout has been horrific. Now, leftists, hear these facts. Everything I said there is a fact. It's data, okay? Just data. They're, they did this, and this was the result. Well, leftists hear those facts, and they will try to spin the sharing of facts into racism because, again, that's the only tool they have. However, the truth is your progressive policies are racist. They hurt people. I do agree with the leftist rhetoric in one way. Black people are the victims. They're the victims. They're the victims. They are the victims of racist progressive policies. And it's time for Americans to be brave enough to speak this truth. In the same way, we're encouraging people to be brave enough about truth with COVID. We can't hide anymore. Speak the truth. Because if you don't speak the truth, the truth doesn't get out there. And if the truth doesn't get out there, we're all living a lie. And we're all doomed. So if you agree with what I'm saying, but you still say, stay silent, well, why? Ask yourself why. Why don't you speak out about the tyranny of COVID lockdowns? You've seen the data. Why don't you speak out against it? Is it because you're afraid of being called anti-science? By people who are literally rejecting actual scientific data, you don't want them to call you anti-scientific? Why won't you speak out about how progressive politics have destroyed the black family? Is it because you're afraid of being called racist by people who champion racist policies? Look, dude. You're racist if you treat someone as inferior because of the color of your skin. You're racist if you think that people with a different skin color than you need your help. They don't need your help. They can save themselves. All you've done is hurt them. They need you to get the fuck out the way. They need the same thing we all need. They need liberty. They need freedom. I don't care what anyone calls me after seeing this i don't care don't care it's water off my back skin color is of no value to me it's the least interesting thing about a person and it's bizarre to me that we've classified people according to skin color for so long i have friends of all color i've had lovers of all color i have a wife of another color my kids are other colors people of all colors are being harmed by government overreach right now. And it won't change if people don't get some mother courage to speak out about it. And that's me trying not to swear as much. Let's make something very clear. Racism and identity politics are both rooted in ignorance. They are. They're ignorant. Racism is ignorant. Identity politics is ignorant. You're a person. I'm a person. Regardless of your skin color, your race is human, and we need to cut the shit. And now, in this week's edition of Liberals Are Embarrassing, Part 1, I give you the Dr. Fauci Tribute Jam. Dr. Fauci, give us vaccines, help all the people who have been quarantined. We'll wear our masks and we'll have to stay distant. We'll wash our hands and we'll be more resistant. Fauci, yes, promise us please. We'll have a cure that can fight off this disease. Restrictions will lift with some ease. Dr. Fauci, don't forget me. <laughs> That's great. I freaking love that kid. All right. And in part two of Liberals Are Embarrassing, I present to you Anna the Scammer. 
Hi, my name is Anna. I am dating everybody in the polycule. I am married to Jake. We've been together for eight years and married for three. I'm dating Spencer. We've been together for three and a half. And I am dating Ellie. And we've been together just over a month now. I am bisexual and my pronouns are she, her. I'm also in charge of this account and in general. Hi, I'm Jake. I'm married to Anna and she's currently my only partner. I am demi-romantic, which means I only get a feelings for people, like romantic feelings for people if I've been around them for a while and get to know them really well. And I'm technically pansexual, but I like the bi colors more, so I call myself bisexual. Uh, my pronouns are he, they. Hi, I'm Ellie. I'm dating Anna. I'm not currently dating anybody else. Um, I'm some flavor of queer. Yeah. And my pronouns are she, her. I'm Spencer. I'm only dating Anna. Um, I'm bi, but like. <laughs> so I cut off the end of Spencer's list of weird shit because that was enough weird shit for me. Look, dudes, if if you're making a video and you use more than one word that I've never heard to describe your sexuality, I'm a tune out. I got a pretty good vocabulary. My attention span is good for learning one new term per TikTok. That's it. One. So Anna, apparently Anna here, is dating everyone in the polycule. I don't know what that is, but I do know some bullshit when I see it. Here's what's going on here. Anna is married to Jake, and Jake is a pussy. His wife, Anna, is steamrolling him. Anna's bored of her marriage, but Jake, he pays the bills. So they were monogamous until about two years ago, but then two years ago, Anna decided she wanted to throw it around. She wanted to live her life. She wanted to have a good time. But because Jake pays all the money and pays all the bills, she can't ditch him. So what's plan B? She becomes a bisexual master of a polycule, which means she gets to have sex with whoever she wants. And Jake just got to deal with it. If he doesn't deal with it, he's denying who she is. I mean, basically, Anna is an old school Mormon, but in reverse. And hey, I ain't mad at it. I'm not mad at Anna. Good for her. She did it. She did it. Good for you, Anna. You did it. I'm a little bit disappointed in Jake. Jake, you got no balls. How are you going to let your wife run around with half the town, but you don't get a pass? Bro, step your game up. All right, dudes. Please follow The Dad Presents on Spotify and Rumble. Please follow Super Bad Dad on YouTube. Click follow. Help us fight this fight. Appreciate you. Love you. All right. Peace. Hey, babe, I'm thinking of starting a polycule. How do you feel about that?